And that's right, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, alongside my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And we've got a lot to get into today. This is a, uh, we were we, we wanted to do this right after the football ended. Uh, the uh, Jets played, uh, you know, a game against the Dolphins this afternoon. The Giants opened up things uh, early this Sunday morning over in England beating the Green Bay Packers. So we're two for two so far. We're hoping our Mets can finish the uh, clean sweep later tonight. But uh, before we get to that, Dan, how are you feeling so far on this football Sunday? Doing good. For one thing, the early in the morning, I got I got up uh, or, 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 I got up a little bit earlier than I would on a Sunday. <laughs> ordered, ordered, ordered some, of course, ordered some breakfast, some blueberry pancakes. Which was fitting that I ordered blueberries because I'm about because I was watching the Giants game, the Giants versus the Packers in England. What uh, what an unbelievable comeback! Also halfway into the game, and I got to give a shout to 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 what to, to one of to one of my Twitter peeps, Media Goon, who who I thought this, I thought this was a good idea to to have him make this suggestion because he's a he's a jerk. Has a, like a collection of jerseys. Is very even some some even some obscure special bet jerseys. Like he he even owns he even owns a Mercury Mets jersey. He actually owns one of those. I'm sure you remember that weird promotion the Mets did. Like I I actually still have the cap from that get from that game they gave out <laughs> they gave out at a cap like that. So I I actually still I still have it somewhere. But also. uh that but anyway, there was two different bed jerseys I was trying to pick to wear. One was this little special jersey that the that the Seven Line Army gives gives away when you if you sat sit in one of their go to one of their outings. So I had that. Whether I was going to wear that jersey today during the game or uh, this one you're seeing me wear right now, the my '80s throwback. And since the since the goon had spoken and said. The eighties, eighties, the eighties throwback. I'm going with the eighties throwback jersey, as you can see. I like, My, it. I like it a lot, man. That's exact. That, that that's a good way. That that jersey, it just feels like that that jersey has wins all over it. You know what I mean? Yep, I know what you mean. Plus, that this jersey's actually, I mean, these eighties jerseys are like a special close to my heart because, uh, because this was this was the jerseys that Gary Carter wore. That's why I had to own one of these. Because this was from the from that from that era when he played. Also, when I first got introduced to the Mets, very little. Of course, we know all know about four year old BB at the World Series. But the first memories I have of the Mets and being introduced to the this thing called 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 baseball and this team, the New York Mets, they were jerseys that the Mets were that were around at that time. These were the jerseys at that time when I got introduced to the Mets. These were the first version of the Mets jersey I've ever known. You're right, and those are the same. The same, you know, you're a little bit older than me, but still, I even remember it. Not so much in the '80s because I was born in '86, but even those early '90s Mets teams. I remember David Cohn and Sid Fernandez wearing those jerseys, and you know, Dave Magadan when when I was a little kid, and Greg Jeffries and Kevin Elster. So, yeah, I do remember just like you said, seeing those uh, racing stripe. 80s Mets jerseys very prominently as a kid. 
uh, and a, a very cool choice for today. But, you know, they, there is one thing I did want to backtrack to for a second. And uh, in case you're looking at me and realizing that I look like crap, it's because eventually I did test positive for COVID over the last few days. So excuse me. Uh, but I do like to consider myself the, the Cal Ripken of podcasting. So I was not going to allow myself to miss any time because of this. So I'm still going strong, even with COVID. But I, I did want to revisit one thing you said there. You said that you opened today with some blueberry pancakes. Yeah, yeah, in the morning. because now, uh, now, uh, I was told, though, Dan, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm t- I, I was told that blueberries were a standalone fruit. Now, is, is, is that true? <laughs> the blueberries are mixed with something else. <laughs> pancakes, all right? Pancakes, it's pancakes with blueberries inside. No, that's true. That's true. I, I, I just wanted to, to give a shout out to the, the great Fez Watley because I just re- the blueberries just reminded me of one of his all time famous moments. <laughs> Trust me, I miss that guy. I've got I've been lucky enough to see some some funny moments with Fez in person. I I met the guy, and I still I'm sure you've seen once you saw you you probably saw me when Fez passed away. I tweeted a photo, a signed photo of Ron and Fez that I have. That I got that I got over when they were in a when they were on a when they were at the old fifty two. 1157th Street. I got the sign of sign a sign of card, and I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a big ass card holder. <laughs> Ron and Fez, one of the greatest radio shows of all time. If you don't know what we're talking about, just do yourself and, a favor and go on YouTube and check it out. I credit to Fez Watley. He was one half of the duo that helped us invite Dave to the world. Very true. Very true. If it was not for the, the Ron and Fez show, the great Davey Mac sports program, the great Eastside Dave McDonald, there's a chance that we don't know any we, we don't know about Eastside Dave at all. Yep, exactly. Like Fez Fez, Fez is just he, he is a one of a kind individual. As a matter of fact, I I secretly hope to see one day a band. I, I have to admit if if I knew if I knew someone that was like just a that probably performs music nights at a bar, I would love to see a band just go ahead and do a cover of It Makes You Fez. <laughs> uh, I would love to see a band do a cover of that. That would be amazing. That's <laughs> been. I mean, they they did. I mean, Bennington show did a wonderful tribute to to, to Fez when he died. But they they they. I feel I feel they need to do a bit. I I would I would love to see maybe a full on big tribute special. You know, bring in some comics, do some shows. I, I would. I remember hearing there were going to be rumor they were they were potentially looking into doing that, which I hope they do that because if they do do that, I'll I'll probably sign up to get a get a ticket to that. But um, I would love to see that. Yeah. Because I. <clears throat> yeah, it's been just about a year now since Fez passed away. So we just wanted to to give a shout out to the big cat there because uh, he Fe- Fezzy's one of the best, no doubt about it, man. And uh, one of Fez's favorite things was football, as we heard many times on the 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 Ron and Fez show over the years. So let's jump right into it, Dan. You must have been so pumped watching your Giants kick ass this morning and take names in England. 
I was pumped up. As I said, I was eating my breakfast. The reason I chose blueberry pancakes is because of the, the color blue, giant color. Really? <laughs> that was a that was appropriate. I had I had that. I I may have some, some sometimes I might sometimes I might drink like some tea after work or something like that. The the the, the, the you know it's a little thing after after doing a rough job or something in the morning. So I purposely I may have purposely drank British tea. <laughs> a little Earl Grey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bigelow brand. I've been, I've been buying, I've been buying. It. I use very some Bigelow tea. Thanks, thanks to Howie Rose. Exactly. <laughs> Howie Rose gets everybody started on that Bigelow. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and that was a terrific game for your team. I mean, it, it started off, you know. A little shaky. The the first half, I believe the the Giants were down twenty to ten, and uh, you know the the defense was a little up and down. The offense was looking inconsistent, but for a good thing, uh, Saquon Barkley was moving the the ball on the ground, and Daniel Jones was not turning the ball over. And then in the second half of the game, everything just clicked defensively. The only thing that Aaron Rodgers and that vaunted Packers offense scored against you guys in the second half was a safety. Uh, the, the Giants absolutely had a phenomenal second half, including two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And uh, boy, what a comeback when 27, 22 in England, uh, you know, that that's just a really big step for the Giants four and one, you know, a lot of people give plenty of compliments to the Giants over the last few weeks. But when you looked at all these uh, prognosticators and football guys who, who pick games, really nobody was picking the Giants. They were not a hot pick. And they proved all the naysayers wrong. And Brian Dayball just keeps rolling right now. And it looks like this Giants team is a force to be reckoned with, right? Yeah, it looks like that. I, I feel like that seems to happen a lot the last couple of years when the Giants – are flying under the radar. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they fly and all of a sudden we realize, holy shit, this team's probably a lot better than we thought. Le- legitimate, I mean, a legitimate contender. The more we keep winning like this, I mean, we just beat one of the upper echelons and it's gonna, it looks like it's gonna be a pretty interesting season. So far, I mean, it's gonna. It might be even, even more than what I expected. Because I remember I said I hope that at least when it when it hits Thanksgiving that I'm still that the that the game I'm turn when I tune in to watch the game that it's still gonna be relevant. And it looks like might be getting a little bit more than that. No doubt about it, man. I mean, you start off the season four and one. The expectations are gonna go up. I mean, we're gonna talk about the Jets in a minute. And they're only three and two, and the expectations are going up. So for the, for the Giants to be four and one right now, uh, about to welcome the Baltimore Ravens in uh, next week. I actually, I'm not, I'm not sure if that game's at home or on the road, but they're, they're... It is at home. Okay, so that, that that game is at home. So that's a big deal for the Giants now. The Ravens have to come into you guys, and um, you know that that's going to be a uh, a really big game for the Giants because people will still downplay this win, which 
is ridiculous to me because the Giants went out there and beat Aaron Rodgers. So you can't downplay that, Matt. That that that's a a win against a fellow big time NFC team. Uh, this is you know a, a a win you can put in your back pocket and feel good about. It, it doesn't matter where it was, whether it was you know technically on a neutral site in England or or wherever. If, if, if this game was being played at Division Avenue High School over here in Levittown, that would be a big freaking win. I don't care where it is because the the Green Bay Packers are a damn good team. That's they haven't showed it every single game this year. It seems like they're still trying to find their footing. But to beat the Green Bay Packers for the Giants and to improve to four and one is nothing to roll your eyes around, uh, you know, about and say, oh well, the game was in England. Uh, these guys, you know, weren't comfortable. They weren't. They, they were out of their sorts. You can't downplay that. Yeah, I felt they could have even beat them, even if they were playing against them in the frozen tundras of Lambeau Field. <laughs> My impression of that of that guy who's always that that announcer in those highlight films. The the NFL films guy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the way a couple of years back, but that guy that guy is a freaking legend. <laughs> exactly, and the Giants definitely have some uh, memorable games at the uh, frozen tundra of Lambeau field, as you mentioned, as a matter of fact, their, uh, their roommate or whatever you want to call them from, uh, from MetLife, the, the jets are going to be at that frozen tundra playing this same, probably angered now uh, <laughs> green Bay Packers team there next week. So the, the jets are going to have their hands full next week. But the, the Giants got the job done, man. That That's the name of the game. They got the win. They're 4-1. and one. Uh, They're a force to be reckoned with right now. Saquon Barkley l- looks healthy. Daniel Jones is not turning the ball over. You know, they had a pretty good game at a Darius Slayton today. Uh, I was very impressed with what I saw out of him. Uh, also, a guy who I'm really, really liking on the, the Giants defense, who I feel like doesn't really get a lot of love, is Julian Love. This is a guy that I watched in college. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Uh, so I, I remember watching Julian Love in college. I was very impressed with him there. And coming out of Notre Dame, you know, he was a fifth-round pick for the Giants, really didn't get a lot of uh, attention. But, man, he's he's turned into one of their more dependable defensive players, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's turned he's turned out pretty well. I mean, we're – I think we looked like they, we got we got ourselves a nice little steal there in the, in the draft. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it, man. And and the, the the Giants are coming together. You know, another guy too who I had my eye on today, and he didn't make too much noise, but when he did, it was impactful. Was Thibodeau, KB on Thibodeau? Uh, what have you liked? What you've seen out of him so far? It, it looks like he's added a little bit of that fierceness on the edge that the Giants have been lacking the last couple of years. Yeah, that's what I feel like. It's that this team, this team is really becoming a. A team that's going to be feared, I feel, could be around this year, even next year. But, but it could it could even happen a little earlier than expected. This, yeah, I I just know it's going to be very interesting this year, and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be maybe even extending the the weeks of watching uh watching Giants games. <laughs> exactly, and. Uh... You know, um, we'll uh, what's it called? You know, the, the the Giants we mentioned they they have a big game with uh, with Baltimore next week, um, so we'll I, it's it's going to be really fun to to get into that and to see how the Giants 
react to now, they're kind of getting to the point where they have a target on their back now. And uh, on on the other side of town with with the uh, the Jets, man, I mean, uh, such a fun game today. Watching this 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 Jets team, the, this young team come together. I mean, we saw, uh, you know, the Jets were just a couple of plays away from being zero and three, and looking terrible against the uh, the Cleveland Browns. They steal that game. They came back and won the game against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, and then they turned around and blew out the Dolphins today, forty to seventeen. The first time the Jets have scored forty points in a game since week six against the Colts in 2018. So it's been a long time. It's only, I think, the fourth time in the last decade the Jets have scored 40 points. So just uh, it's something that you haven't seen, and especially with Zach Wilson, really, really good things are, are happening now with these young kids. Sauce Gardner on the first play of the game gets that, uh, you know, he, he, he comes in on the corner blitz, hits Teddy Bridgewater, who gets hit for the uh, you know the intentional grounding flag? He gets a safety on that. Uh, I mean, what did you see of the Jets today, Dan? I mean, uh, I I think that it, it looks like they're really starting to come together. Yeah, there's yeah that when I was looking at it, this that team, their 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 latest streak, looking like they're showing they're uh, they're having a nice little building block year. They're, yeah. And, and who would have thought we're, we're a couple we're five weeks into the season and the Jets are over 500 and the Giants are over 500. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty sure when I know one of my friends, he's put his his dad, of course, is a very famous WFAM caller. So I'm imagining he's probably very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I asked them how. Uh, I said, I said, I bet, I bet you, your dad's very happy, and he, and he will probably tell me that he is. <laughs> no, trust no I, doubt I, about it, man. Imagine, I could just hear in my own head what his, what, 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 what my friend's father would be, what, what his father would be saying on the, if he called into the fan. If <laughs> I just remember, he was, it was mostly Steve Summers. That guy would call in. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, you know. Your friend, uh, his dad, um, who a lot of people who listen to the fan would know as uh, Ira, right? I believe that that's correct. Exactly. I'm good friends with Ira's son. Um, you know, I, I always remember him talking to uh, to Joe Beningo and to Steve Summers, like you said. So it's kind of sad that uh, we're not going to get a Beningo show tomorrow. But uh, it, it will be very interesting if you want to listen to uh, uh, any Joe Beningo. To, he'll be on usually around 1140 on Monday to recap a jet game with uh, Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber on WFAN. So that is always appointment listening because uh, it's always great to hear Joe listen to, uh, you know, and react to the jets. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll also have a little reacting to uh, the outcome of uh, the, the playoffs the t- t- tonight. Very Whatever. true. Very true. But be- before we, we do move on to the playoffs, though. I just want to wrap up with the Jets real quick. There's a couple of things I just wanted to point out. Awesome game out of Zach Wilson. Guy didn't turn the ball over. He he looked so freaking good today. Uh, just, you know, he, he looked poised back there. Uh, the, the offensive line is really coming together with Dwayne Brown slotting back into the left tackle today. Uh, uh, you know, another good thing, former first-round pick the Jets uh, have at a USC, Elijah Vera Tucker, 
I, I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but he has now started at three different positions on the offensive line this year. He started at left tackle, he started at right tackle, and he started at right guard. So just the, the, what he is doing on the field is just phenomenal. So cool uh, to, to see this guy really coming into his own and being a, a real weapon on the offensive line for the Jets. Um, also, too, another, another guy I want to tip my cap to is Brees Hall, the, the rookie running back. He had 100 receiving yards today. I can't remember the last time a Jet running back, period, had 100 receiving yards, much less a rookie. And he also had 97 yards on the ground. He's probably in line to be the second straight Jet to win the Rookie of the Week award in the NFL. So that's that's pretty cool. And, and a guy who gave him, you know, will, will probably give him a little, uh, you know, fight for that title is his teammate Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, the number four pick in the draft this year for the Jets, had a terrific game. His first career interception. He he did get called for for, for a pi you know early in the game but he he really helped shut down tyreek hill especially in the first half he only had five catches for 25 yards and he had that safety that we mentioned earlier on teddy bridgewater early so really making things happen and helping the jets put up points so uh, i i just wanted to get that out there too just uh how cool it is to see all these guys coming together you know on on both sides for, for the green and the blue yeah i'm pretty sure that I have a feeling that that us uh, you mentioned he saw Gardner that he's probably if he if does not already eventually he's gonna probably have his own line of hot sauce and I have a feeling you'll probably buy a jar of it. <laughs> I definitely will. Once sauce puts that out, no doubt about it. Give me the sauce sauce. <laughs> and and you know with that uh, because we're we're gonna try to to keep this uh, relatively short this week because uh you know i'm still feeling a little under the weather but uh we did we we absolutely have to talk about this mets now and you know that's what we're gonna wrap up with um boy what a uh turn of events that we saw uh absolutely i mean you were at the game on friday night yeah, uh, i mean there was just a lot of buzz before that game i mean i'm walking to that stadium i'm just having to pitch myself like finally happening it's been a few years like we're playoff baseball like i'm i'm at city field in october <laughs> right it, it, it's been so long 2016 was the last time we saw anything like this yeah and i'm seeing this and i'm at my seat the usually a little area of the ballpark i've kind of unofficially nicknamed Mount Maloonigan because I've been by luck when I bought tickets somehow my tickets were in that section somewhere around there so I said yeah I'm sitting in Mount Maloonigan again and uh we freaking gave up a couple of runs early and it was like it took us out of it the, the whole game trying to play catch up and I think it was the worst time we we even would give up runs because it's like we were facing against the U Darvish, who's very diffi difficult enough to, very difficult enough as it is to score runs against him, and we were behind, and that's usually never good. And we freaking Scherzer didn't pitch have his, his usual self. He wasn't pitching his usual self, so it was like 
And I got to tell you, I'm a little ashamed of some of the people that booed uh, Max Scherzer because I feel he's a lot better than that outing. I mean, the guy could – I'm pretty sure if we, if we advance to the next round, watch Scherzer all of a sudden probably pitch a great game because, let's face it, the greats, we've seen it all the time. The greats, they have a bad game. You know what happens? Things always happen when the greats have a bad game. They bounce back big time. They pick themselves up. You're absolutely right. And, and you know what, man? I, I think you make a great point about that, too, because I noticed last night after uh, Carl, uh, after Darren Ruff struck out against uh, um, Blake Snell, and which he got booed, and rightfully so, because Darren Ruff is a stiff, and Darren Ruff shouldn't have even been in that lineup last night. The best thing he did in weeks was get hit by that pitch last night. But uh, Carl Ravage, the ESPN announcer, mentioned after that, um, he said, oh, boy, and Met fans in no time, they're they're booing Darren Ruff now, but they didn't even boo Max Scherzer off the mound last night. And I agree with you. Max Scherzer should not have been booed off the mound last night. Sure, Max Scherzer had an absolutely terrible night. Terrible. But let's be honest. I still think that even though, and I give him all the credit in the world for this because he's not using it as, it as an excuse, Max Scherzer is definitely still dealing with some repercussions from that oblique. You can tell he doesn't have the same zip on his fastball that he's had the entire year. He had it in that first start back against Milwaukee. He hasn't had it since. And what his fastball is doing, it's leveling out in the strike zone and it's going right into the worst possible spot. And we're seeing that Manny Machado home run, a line drive blast. I think it was less so. That was just a good piece of hitting on the Josh Bell home run earlier. But the all the other ones, I think, was just because his. I, I really think his oblique is barking. And I really give Max Scherzer a lot of credit for being out there, for gutting it through. And even though it didn't work out in that first game, it, it wasn't a one-game playoff. I, I would be much more angry if it was a one-game playoff and that was it, the Mets season ended right there. But it wasn't. Scherzer, yeah. just like you said, Scherzer could come back in game one against the Dodgers and dominate. Yeah, exactly. And it would not surprise me at all. But yeah, also, I have to say about speaking of the series, yesterday's game, I'm watching it. I I kind of I had to take a look again when I heard they were talking. Some people on social media was talking about it because I admit during the game, I met I may have hit the mute button and and uh, had the Howie Rose feed had the 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 only CBS News Radio eighty eight feed while the TV was on mute because I didn't really want to get announcers, but I heard they made some mistakes, including thinking that uh I don't know they thought they totally must be I don't know maybe forgot what year it was or something because they thought. Reyes was a shortstop. <laughs> there were a couple of missteps like that. You are right. I did hear somebody at one point call Lindor Reyes. I forgot about that until right now. You, you are 100% right about that. So, and, and this is the problem when you get these, these national announcers. We, 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 we need Gary Cohen for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I had to, and I, I heard about it 
on social media. So because they still had the game DVR'd, I took a look at my D, my D, my DVR because they had because I, I still have the game saved in saved in my DVR. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. And you know, so I quickly want to get through the uh, the game yesterday too because f- phenomenal game. We had the uh, the first inning home run from Lindor, the home run that put them ahead from uh, Pete Alonso that they didn't relinquish the lead. Six gutty innings from Degrom. I mean, you know, it's it's not a hundred percent what we would have uh, you know loved to see before, but hey, Degrom did what he did in Game Five in in 2015 against the Dodgers. He gutted it through and gave him a chance to win. You can't ask for anything more than that. But what I wanted to ask your opinion of is what did you think of Buck's decision to go to Edwin Diaz in the um, in the, in, in the seventh inning? Uh, I, I thought it might have been a little premature, but, hey, it, it worked out. And, you know, and, and Edwin says he's, he's ready to go today. Well, I feel at the time there was a situation that was urgency also. I think, I think uh, Buck Showalter knew the right decision that, if there was there was one time he needed to bring his best reliever at a time they were going to face the toughest part of the lineup that that was that those were going to be the most important outs they got was against the there was against the toughest part of the lineup during late in that game so he knew that was the time they're bringing Edwin Diaz in yeah you're absolutely right and 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 he brought him in specifically first too which i thought was very interesting he said is grisham their number eight hitter, the lefty, had homered in game one off Scherzer and and earlier in game two off the Grum to tie the game at one. And he said that, you know, Grisham's been putting good swings on the ball. So he wanted, uh, you know, for eight, nine, and one, he wanted Diaz in there. And then he also left Diaz in there in the eighth to face um, Machado and to face, uh, you know, um, Josh Bell. So I think that was... Terrific managing by Buck. Uh, you know, it shows that you can teach an old dog new tricks because this is the same guy who managed in 2016 and didn't even use Zach Britton in a one-game playoff uh, between the Blue Jays and his old Baltimore Orioles. So this is a guy who knew he had to get his best pitcher in the game, and he did it, and it worked out. And, hey, I mean, Diaz threw 28 pitches, but he says he's ready and raring to go today, and you can't beat that, right, Dan? Yep, exactly. This is gonna. This is the probably the, the complete opposite of the uh, of a little bad decision that Buck made a couple a bunch of years back. Back when he was managing the Yankees, when he listened to that suggestion by the traveling secretary, you will remember <laughs> how that one. You, I mean, I, I'll never. I'll, I mean, I'll never forget hearing about that when Maddenly split his pants because <laughs> of that. Because of that switch of the. That suggestion he he listened to he actually listened to. <laughs> Mattingly <laughs> just split his pants. <laughs> yeah, thank God Pete Alonso didn't split his pants last night. <laughs> that suggestion to Buck. No doubt about it. And hey, Buck, uh, he he didn't you know he he took that advice unfortunately, but hey, he's taking the advice of uh, of other baseball guys today too. He's looking at the game from a different angle, so. Gotta love Buck. Gotta love his ability to uh, to learn on the fly and readjust. The Mets were able to uh, to seal that win last night and even the series at one. Coming up to this big game three tonight now, uh, where we got Chris Bassett, fifteen and nine on the season, had a, 
a pretty good year if you take out that 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 last start in Atlanta, um, where he did say he was trying too hard. So hopefully he learned his lesson. Um, and then they're going against um, uh, you know Musgrove tonight. Yep, exactly. And this time, you you was changing channels multiple times during the game, which uh, which was a I don't know was a little bit of a crazy debacle. Luckily for me, I knew that this was that was probably going to happen with the with the game yesterday because I've watched several playoff games in years past, even last year, maybe the last couple of years. I've seen it, I've seen it happen with networks when they've had to move a game because they 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 were going to run two games back to back in the early rounds, and uh, because it overlapped their broadcast right after. They had until the the till one game that was ending. They had to push the broadcast to another channel that was owned by the same company. I've seen, I've seen turn, I've seen them TBS do that. And I've seen ESPN do that. So uh, luckily, I I figured out that it was going to probably be on like ESPN two or so or ESPN news or something like that. So the only problem is I know some. Cable care some carriers might not have ESPN two, or some carriers might not have ESPN news. So, I know it may have affected those people. So it kind of kind of sucked for for some people that had a carrier that maybe didn't have ESPN two or ESPN news that may have missed a big chunk of the game and probably met, and might have even missed uh, Lindor's uh home run there that 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 home run in the first inning. Yeah, may, may have missed it. Yeah, you, because you're of that, very right, very right, man. I mean, and and that was ridiculous too. Like, first off, I understand that that Mariners and Blue Jays game was a, a thriller, no doubt about it. That was a crazy, crazy game, the crazy comeback, and really hope that uh, you know both Bichette and Springer are okay after that uh, scary collision in center field. Um, but you know, how in New York could you not have the Met game on regular ESPN? I mean, you, you had college football, in New, which also in New York gets n- no ratings on, on Channel 7, which is another ESPN network. So they didn't have it on, on regular ABC here. They, they, they had a college football game. On, they stick the Met game first on ESPN News, like you mentioned, which was just ridiculous. And then they stick the Met game. They, they bumped the Met game off ESPN News for some what was it like some hacky sack tournament or something they had going on there cornhole or something like that and uh, and then and the espn too that was ridiculous yeah 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 i forgot i think i think it was cornhole yeah was. i mean so i had right so i remember espn too then all of a sudden i noticed it's all of a sudden i'm seeing a cornhole match channel <laughs> <laughs> to espn too it's ridiculous, man. And look, I understand that that they have plenty of commitments and different things that they have to adhere to. But boy, that was crazy. Then I had the channel. Then I had to change the channel to uh, to uh, to ESPN. I'm shocked it didn't get it didn't get moved to uh, to another. I'm shocked they didn't try putting it on ESPN eight the O show when it didn't get bumped because of a volleyball. <laughs> the O show. <laughs> Back to the movie Dodgeball. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 speaking of that, I don't know if you remember. They actually did. Remember how in the past couple of years they've done ESPN the Ocho in real life for like a day? Yeah. I, I, 
I, I wish they would bring that back. They haven't done it the last three summers. But oh, I, I hope they ever since COVID. I think you're right. Yeah. But but I hope I hope they had they do ESPN eight day again because that was that was a lot of fun. What that was a lot of fun watching that. I I had the DVR. I had the DVR because I thought it was just a lot of fun that they recreated that in real life. That that was a very funny idea too. I, I remember I saw that accidentally one day and I thought I was I didn't even know what the hell I was seeing. <laughs> I was seeing one of these things like the electrician competition. <laughs> yeah. So Actually, funny, so funny. And then I think Dolls called it is, which is like <laughs> tennis over Ed as the that's that's boy, that that sounds like a concussion waiting to happen. Like <laughs> cannot wait to see to see someone explain that to a doctor to, to <laughs> say like uh How'd you get this concussion? And then I'm explaining, yeah, we were playing this game called Hedis, and it's it's pretty much like we're instead of a racket, we're using our heads as the <laughs> and then the doctor would be like, Oh my god, look how stupid he is. <laughs> I <can> only... <laughs> oh my god. All right, well uh as we're uh, we're rounded down here right now, as you can tell, as we're getting a little silly here, but uh, we uh, w- I do want to go over the uh, the lineups real quick before we get out of here, Dan. Um, so for the Mets, we got Brandon Nimmo leading off, Starlin Marte back there in the two hole. That's big. That makes their lineup so much more dangerous. Uh, Lindor batting third. Uh, Pete Alonso is cleaning it up at first base. You have Jeff McNeil after that at uh, batting fifth at second base. Uh, Mark Canna is in left. Daniel Vogelback is slotted in as the DH again against the righty. And then you finish up with Escobar at third and Nito uh, in the nine hole. So is uh, there anything that stands out to you in uh, that lineup that you don't agree with? Or are you pretty on, on, on par with Buck for this choice? Well, so far, it worked well yesterday. I kind of had a little sometimes early and early rounds of the playoffs. I kind of maybe game two. I kind of had mixed opinions on the lineup. Maybe he should have took a chance on Alvarez at DH. I feel. Yeah, that's I feel he kind of do got. I I agree maybe, with you. <laughs> he should maybe get some get some at bats because I feel like when from what I've been seeing of him in the minor leagues and I've been watching. I've been taking a look at some minor league games on and off the online. And once he, it seems like every time he moves up to a new level, once he's like gets kind of adjusted to it, he kind of, once he gets going, he really gets going. I mean, I, I saw it when he played for the Cyclones when he was there, he was like, once he got going, it's like, he was just, he seemed to be hitting a ton. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. I mean, there's like a mini adjustment period that you're 100% right that he goes through. I mean, even at, at AAA, it seemed like it lasted a little bit longer. But boy, when things clicked, and it did at AAA, because he ended with, at, at one point, he was hitting in the 150s in AAA, and he ended up hitting around near 230. So he was on a tear at the end of his time in AAA there. And I, I completely agree with you that I would have given Alvarez the nod yesterday. 
I I understand Buck trusting the uh, the veteran Ruff, but I don't even understand why why Darren Ruff is on this roster. I would have much rather had Tyler Naquin on this roster than Darren Ruff, but that's just me. But uh, that's just also nitpicking too, because guess what? They won the game last night. And that's all that matters. Let's get another win tonight, and then who cares what happened in this series? We're moving on, and we're going to be facing Clayton Kershaw. And the Dodgers, if the Mets win tonight, Tuesday night, 8.35 in Atlanta, uh, in Atlanta, in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, it's going to be Kershaw against the Mets. And um, who knows uh, who, who's going to be starting in that game. Uh, it might be a little bit too early for Scherzer to come back. So who knows? We might see a Carlos Carrasco or someone starting that first game. Either Carrasco or Walker pitch a game. Yeah. And, and Walker is actually, now that you mentioned that, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, Joely Rodriguez was uh, ruled out of this series. Um, he, he had some kind of shoulder issue, and Taiwan Walker replaced him on the roster. Now, what this means, too, is that um, uh, what that means is that Joely Rodriguez is now not eligible to come back for this series or the LDS, too. So that means the only lefty in that met bullpen would be david peterson so let's let's hope that it doesn't come down to a big spot against the lefty even though i do like david peterson a lot i'm not sure if i trust him as a reliever in a big spot like that what do you think yeah i kind of kind of dig the same thing hopefully so hopefully go go goes in our favor and if we win today whoever we start in game one of the lds if we get that far is going to be depending, I feel, is going to play the decision, the factor in that decision will de- be depending on if Walker at any point pitched in tonight, tonight's game. Absolutely. I could not agree more because you know that one of the reasons why Buck had Walker added to this roster is having that in the back of his head. If anything should happen with Bassett or potentially even DeGrom last night, that Walker – would be one of the first guys out of the pen, if not the first. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you that Walker's kind of there as a safety net right now, hoping that Bassett doesn't, you know, have a, a type of outing that he had last week against Atlanta, um, where he only lasted two and two-third innings. So uh, if that happens tonight, Walker would probably be the guy you'd see. And, and you're right, if the Mets did happen to win tonight with that, then that would preclude him from pitching game one. So, We'll see what happens. There's still a lot of things up in the air. Um, but uh, be, before we get out of here, Dan, what's your prediction for the game tonight? I feel like the Mets are probably going to win this game. I just, I don't know. I have a feeling we're, we're going to win this one. Get- Could, I, I'm 5-2 Met win. 5-2 Met win. And uh, if you had to pick your standout player, your star for the night, who is it? I, uh, I really feel like McNeil is going to play a big factor in this game. He could, he could factor it in, in this very game. Could be one, one of the biggest games he'll have. Yeah, the, the major league batting champion, and boy, did he have a big hit yesterday too that really helped this team, driving in two runs. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I totally agree with you on that. That's that's definitely a good pick. Um, for, for, for me, you said five to two. I, it's funny. We're, we're very close. Cause I actually had five to three in my head as the Mets winning. 
Um, and I think they're going to get a big game out of Bassett. I'm thinking Bassett is going to pitch into the eighth inning tonight. He, he might not finish it. I'm thinking like seven and a third, seven and two third innings or something like that. And then maybe Edwin Diaz just finishes it off, off after that. Uh, hopefully that's not wishful thinking on my part, but I, I have a lot of confidence in, in Bassett going into tonight's start. How, how about you? Yep, same here. I just have I just have that confidence going into the night start. I'm digging at least seven innings. We we got out of. Also, I'm going to be watching with the probably my mom, Mister Malunigan, might have some people might have some people on my uh on my uh on my on my on my Zoom on uh on my uh. uh I'll be I'll be talking to just about every Met fan I know on my phone after this game. So. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be nuts. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm not gonna be calm until this game is over, and and I'm, I don't think I'm gonna get much sleep tonight after. <laughs> Either way, win or lose, I agree with you. It's uh, probably gonna be a sleepless night tonight. Uh, but you know, got some victory beers in the fridge, ready to go. That's all I need to. Exactly, man. It's do or die tonight at City Field for the New York Metropolitans and actually the San Diego Padres, the final game of their three-game opening wildcard weekend series. And Dan, before we get out of here, uh, do you have any plugs for yourself, my friend? Sure. My uh, my in, my uh, my you my Twitter account Bobo one zero three and NYC, and of course my Instagram. Bobo seven one eight DK and my YouTube Daniel Berlin and I'm gonna be mom I'm filming and of course all, I'm so sorry about that we just gotta cut that part out cut that part out all right right also I'm gonna be on uh I'm gonna be on East Side Dave tomorrow where they're they're filming tomorrow. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on I'm gonna be on the East the Davy Mac Sports program this week. So that's gonna be fun time. Can't wait to see what little what crazy shit little Davy's gonna say to me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just hope the Mets win. So it's not it's not about that. <laughs> but believe me, if the, I have to admit, part part of me, I think it'd be hilarious. It, 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 it would probably be difficult because Dave Dave is on somewhere else, and I'm where I'm I'm gonna be on my on you know somewhere else on my end. If he was in the same room, it might be tempted. If if, 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 I, if, if he was in the same room with God forbid I ever get to see it happen, that's when this World Series. Okay. Do, do, Remember South Park? Remember when he was trying to do that thing with the with his brother? I kicked the baby. Yes, yes. I might might see me try to punt little Davy. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'd be. That is hilarious, man. So do yourself a favor and keep. By it the way, making of that of that episode. By the way, What's no that? puppets. That episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, do yourself a favor and keep a, an eye out for Dan on the Davy Mac Sports Program 
Uh, that'll be out. Uh, they film on Monday, so that'll be out on Tuesday. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, well, actually, the, he's been doing it live lately, too. So there's a possibility that there's a live stream on Monday night that, that everybody can tune into. So keep an eye out for that. Eastside Dave TV on YouTube. Uh, one of the best guys out there, no doubt about it. Um, so, uh, Dan, oh, yeah. And once again, before we get out of here, you can check uh, our Twitter account out on Twitter at BSIF underscore podcast. And you can check me out on uh, on Twitter, my last name, Kramer, NY. So once again, thanks for tuning in to, to the Best Seat in the House podcast, our special bonus episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed doing it. And uh, Dan, one more thing before we get out of here. Let's get some let's go Mets chants going. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. <laughs> there we go. There we go, everybody. Let's go, Mets. And for the Best Seat in the House podcast, I'm Rob Kramer. This is Daniel Bobo Carlin, and we'll catch you on Thursday.